I train differently. I don't look at paces. Well, when I go into the races, I definitely have some goals, but maybe during the training part, I'm not as focused on my paces. Distance Radio, episode 608, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, just want to uh, mention once again the book. The book, Be Ready on Race Day, is now available. It's been available for uh, several months now. And uh, if you haven't gotten the book yet, uh, what what are you waiting for? You're waiting for a race to train for? Well, that's what you need the book for is to help you prepare for a race. But, uh, you know, even if you don't have a race necessarily coming up on the, on the, you know, on the horizon, on the on the near distant future, um, you know, getting getting the book now and reading through it and kind of getting an idea of how to create your own training plan, kind of what kind of things you can do to build up that base, get you ready to go, so that when you do have a race on the calendar, uh, you'll be ready to go. So, so if you have a race that you're training for, the book might help you. If you don't have a race. The book might help you be ready to start training once you do have that race on the calendar. So uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, bereadyonraceday.com is the website. Got all the information there about the book. You can grab a copy of the book there. You can also get it on the Amazons and an Amazon near you. Wherever you live in the world, if there's an Amazon, it can it can be gotten to you that way. Uh, just search for Be Ready on Race Day and uh, you, know, you can get it digital or uh, a paperback version. So your choice, however you want to consume it, whatever works best for you. And then there's, you know, once you get the book, there's a whole host of bonuses and things like that that are included in there as well. All the details are in the book. So you got to get the book, give it a read, and there you go. So any questions, concerns, anything like that related to the book, uh, let me know. Uh, but like I said, be ready on raceday.com is the website. And there's a whole host of information there, sample chapters, the whole nine yards, check it out. And, uh, if you've gotten the book already, let me know what you think, uh, leave a, leave a review on Amazon or just let me know. Uh, cause I always am, uh, looking forward to that feedback from those of you that have read it and hopefully implemented it and used it to help you, uh, begin training for some of these fall races that are coming up in the not too distant future. So be ready on raceday.com is the website. And, uh, now Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is someone that definitely knows his way around a trail race, and that's uh, kind of putting it putting it gently. Uh, according to his ultra signup page, he has completed 56 races, most of which have been on trails and, and most of which have been ultra distances. So clearly, he's no stranger to uh, all things related to our sport. And in addition to getting out there and running quite a bit himself, uh, he's also willing to help out other runners as he is able, either as a crew member or as uh, as part of a pacer team for somebody doing a, a longer distance race. And he's also a coach, and he's focused on obviously, like like all good coaches are, helping his athletes to achieve their goals and, and keep moving forward, uh, you know, intelligently, safely, uh, and 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 being successful in whatever they are pursuing. So uh, without any further ado, we got plenty of things to talk about, and I'm looking forward to uh, to doing it. So let's get this party started and uh, officially welcome Mr. Greg Sissengrath to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Greg. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. Now I'm. Uh... I appreciate you having me on. 
pretty yeah. excited about it. Good, good. The, the, the pleasure is certainly mine. And, and guys, if you want to find out more about Greg, connect with him and, and maybe check out check out his his running history or his coaching stuff or, or whatever, uh, gregsissengraff.com is the website. That's Greg, G-R-E-G-S-I-S-E-N-G-R-A-T-H.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, same handle, both places, at Ultra Ninja Runner. And that's uh, kind of the, the tricky internet clever spelling of runner with, with no E at the end. So it's Ultra Ninja and then R-U-N-N-R. Uh, and then we'll have everything linked up as we always do. So if you got a little bit confused anywhere in there, uh, disruns.com slash 608 will take you to the show notes for today's episode. We'll have everything linked up to, uh, to Greg's contact information, website, social medias, and anything else we talk about. We'll have the, the brief summary, the synopsis of our conversation will be there as well. Disruns.com slash 608. So Greg, the way we always start off the show is with a, a very simple question that uh, for some folks has a very simple answer. And for some folks, it's a, it's a bit more complex. And, and uh, I said this recently, but uh, for the, the ultra runners that I, that I talk to, they tend to, uh, to fall into the category of it's a little bit more difficult answer. So we'll, we'll see if that proves true with you or not. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually, a, it is actually a tough question. I think, uh, I, think I fall on to, as far as favorite, 50k um and again you're right it, it does skew toward uh the ultra runner side it's just i think i've gotten to the point um in my training where 50k it, it's not while it's still quite a bit of distance and i have been uh guilty of underestimating <laughs> the distance it it's a distance that i feel like i can just you know i don't have to train specifically for it I don't have to really taper for it or have a extended recovery so if there's a uh, race that pops up that's close to what i want to do um i can just jump in and do it and i don't have to you know have specific training for it so it's, it can be a fun distance and again i've been, i've uh, not respected the distance before and it's bit me in the butt and it's been a little rough time but i think it's again it's just a for me a fun distance that i can do without the stress or uh an extended training cycle so i think uh looking at at that perspective that would probably be my favorite distance gotcha and it's it's always always funny to me or or always makes me me have a little chuckle when i when i talk to ultra ultra runners and you know whatever their their definition of long or of something that you need to train for is always just it's it's just a little different from from me who's still mostly stuck in in the road running you know half marathon marathon scene because you know I, i hear you say you know i try to stay pretty much 50k ready and i'm like yeah i try to stay you know half marathon ready with this with the same thing where i can jump in a race and run it hard i can jump in a race and just cruise it or i can just you know just do that type of distance but uh you know to to think about that being the case for for 50k is is uh still something that makes my my non you know i guess i I am technically an ultra runner i've done one i've got another one coming up but uh 50k is both but those are definitely requiring some training and some some strategy and some taper in and, and recover out and so it's just it's just still makes me uh makes my head spin a little bit when I hear you, you crazy folks that are like, yeah, you know, 50 K no, no big deal. Don't even have to really train for it. Well, the, uh, on the opposite side, I think I would get more stressed on a, on a road half or a road full where I would be really, uh, I'd be really concerned about my paces. So I'd be really hitting the tempo runs and the race pace runs. So, um, 
the 50k on a trail where uh you know the uh the train is going to dictate the pace or the effort level so it's a it's a completely different side it's probably why i gravitate a little bit more toward trails where uh, if i was focused on a road run i'd really be trying to dial in my paces and uh, i think that would <laughs> i think that would stress me out a little bit more gotcha gotcha yeah and that's that is something that i've i've enjoyed the the one time I guess the, the couple times I've done trail races, one of them being a, an ultra and, I, and one being a, a shorter distance race. But yeah, it is it is a bit different, and and you 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 don't get as worried about the clock because, like you said, that the terrain dictates things. And sometimes you know what what, what uh, might sound like a, a kind of a slow day for you on on the roads, but on the trail that could be that could be really killing it just because of whatever it is that you're running through and, and over and, and above and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So how, how'd you get into our sport, Greg? I, I, I mean, like I said, I looked at the, the ultra sign-up page, and you've got races going back there, gosh, you know, seven, eight years, something like that. So you've been, you've been in the sport for, for a while. Was that about when you started, or had you been in it even before that? No, I, um, when I grew up, I was more uh, involved in team sports, uh, mostly, mostly basketball. And I think, uh, I think this is probably the case with a lot of people that didn't run when they were younger. Running was always a... Uh, it was always punishment, you know. You mess up, go do some laps, or um, so I never, I never saw running as enjoyable. But um, when we got later into life, and we had three kids, and and just responsibilities, and life gets in the way, we I got to a point where I, I got pretty out of shape, and I, you know, first effort was just to get my diet in check and just try to eat a little bit better. And then once the pounds came off doing that, we started being more active. I started playing tennis with a with a friend. And, you know, the pounds started to peel off a little bit more. And then, you know, I, I tried uh, I would try I tried running just as a you know, my wife actually started running before I did and while we were playing tennis she would run around the track and I you know, I would just look at her and <laughs> I thought I thought that was just ridiculous that she was running around. And I can still remember the uh, the first time that uh, I ran around the block in my neighborhood, which is probably uh, less than a mile. And I told her that I ran all the way around the block, and she didn't believe me. And <laughs> it it started very organically like that. Um, and I just uh, I just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the miles built, and you know, you would get up to I uh, think uh, I don't know the. I think there's there's actually a runner's high, and I think six to seven miles um, was was that runner's high moment for me. And the miles just kept on growing, and I found a, a friend noticed on social media. I think it was just Facebook at the time that I was running, and um, he asked me if I wanted to if uh, I wanted to do a half, and I was like sure <laughs> and uh you know i obviously still very new and i didn't know how to train for a half and we just <laughs> we just run as much as i could and i think once we uh the first race was a, a dallas half marathon and uh it went really well and it the way that the race ended it it uh was long a um along a running trail a paved running trail and it kind of bottlenecked at the end and there was people cheering and it was just uh i didn't realize that people came out to watch other people run and i think it's uh it was something that i uh, 
you know, I hadn't experienced since team sports, you know, other spectators and people cheering for you. And it was just a, um, it was just a feeling, uh, you know, that juice of, uh, that excitement and the adrenaline that I hadn't, you know, I hadn't felt since high school or, uh, you know, intramural or something, team sports where someone's, where someone's watching you mm-hmm. compete. And I think, uh, I think that was something that really, I really enjoyed. And after that half, you know, I was full more after that. I, uh, <laughs> running's been my uh it's been my life since then gotcha gotcha when i, I have a, a fairly similar kind of story in that you know like you I, you know team sports growing up didn't really enjoy running because it was always punishment um and for me that the process of getting into the sport was was a bit uh as, as i've said before a, a bit of a um you know kind of a learned a learned thing it was a, it was a uh, a developed taste over time it sounds like though for you, like once you you kind of did that first run around the block, it you were, were pretty hooked. Was was that was that the case, or or was it a bit more of a something that you had to kind of warm up to a little bit before it really took hold of you at that in that first half marathon? No, I think it um I think it came pretty fast. I uh, I'm uh you know I'm I'm about five eight and I have a smaller frame, so I, I probably I kind of wish I'd found running earlier in life because my uh my body type is probably probably pretty fit fits really well toward running so i think i uh it just um it was something that came uh easy to me i'm not i'm not um i'm not super fast or anything but uh i think the running part just came natural for me so it it was something that i uh i gravitated toward pretty fast and just the ability to i think i just enjoyed getting out and and um you know i didn't look at when I started, I didn't look at it as training, mm-hmm. so it was uh, it was just something that came pretty natural, and I was actually just surprised on how much I enjoyed it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, that's that's another thing that I struggle to wrap my head around, just because it's what my experience is. Is that you know I I certainly love running now and, and wish that I would have had the the love for it ten years ago, fifteen years ago, something like that. But boy, it was it took me a while to get to where I'd come in from the house and and. And my wife would say, well, how was the run? Oh, I hated it. You know, like it's just, it was, I was always miserable, but it was something for fitness, something to do, try to be a little bit healthier. And then eventually it became something that was tolerable. And, and, you know, now obviously it's, it's, it's my life pretty much too. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, a little bit envious that, uh, that it was, it was a pretty quick fix or pretty quick, uh, fit, you know, a good taste for you right off the bat. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the competitiveness, uh, or the, the, um, the, the, um, the crowd, you know, and the impact that, that had on you in, in that first race, was there a bit of uh, scratching a competitive itch too, because of the, that background in team sports? And now this gives you a chance to go out there and, and push yourself towards, you know, whether it's just competing with yourself or, or others. Is is that part of your your makeup as well? Yeah, definitely. I I, um, I really I think I really missed that. Uh, I missed. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the competitive side of team sports, um, even even if it was intramural or rec league basketball. But unfortunately, uh, you know, when we get later in life, the friends that I played with moved away, and I just didn't have that. And once it went away, I kind of just uh, gravitated toward doing nothing. And uh, obviously, that's not a very healthy way to go right. go uh, in life. And I think once we found running it, and tennis gave that to me a little bit. Um, just uh just being active and uh, you know i'm uh, by nature a competitive person i like keeping score and even going into the first half i wasn't uh 
I didn't know what a good time was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more, uh, I think I'm getting faster, and I'd, I'd look at my paces, and and uh, I'd made all the early mistakes of wanting every every run to be fast and right. trying to improve on that. But I, I enjoyed that, and I think that was one of the reasons that, uh, that drove me. Um, I would try to get a PR at every half, and... and I obviously did the the bad math of oh I got five minutes faster this one I got five minutes five minutes faster <laughs> on the next one you know I'll be I'll be running under a one thirty pretty soon so right it doesn't quite work out that way but um that's what uh that's what did drive me the improvement and uh, kind of the fun and um feeling and seeing yourself progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to switch the focus to going to going longer and, and starting to dabble into you know at some point probably the marathon and then and then beyond that into the the ultra distance waters? Yeah, it didn't uh, it didn't take very long. I did a few halves and um, halves or halves, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the first uh, the Dallas half marathon also has a a full. So um, we kind of put that on our schedule. Um, to run because uh, that was just the uh, the natural progression. You know, I'm not like I haven't tapped out on my half potential, but um, it, it was just always uh, you know what's next, and uh, um, it didn't take very long. I uh, you know I I progressed uh, probably a little bit faster than I should have, and I think during that time I, it was the start of the uh, real minimal shoe phase. So I, I gave myself quite a bit of a uh, plantar fasciitis injuries and and ramping up a, a little too fast but yeah the 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 marathon was probably um probably just a year later for the um since my first mm-hmm. half and it, it again yeah it progressed pretty fast so you know um you're progressing up and i'm assuming obviously probably learning a whole lot as as you go like you said the first race you didn't really know what to expect didn't know what good times were and then you start getting that competitive itch a little bit and and um you know continuing to to push the distance push the pace uh ultra ultra running though from from my admittedly limited experience but i've talked to a lot of ultra runners so I've, I've, i've at least heard a few things or learned a few things you know through them um, is such a completely different animal, and, and shoot, like we already talked about, the the trails being so different versus what you what you can do pace wise on on the road, with that competitiveness that you that you have and that desire to keep pushing farther, doing faster. Was was there an adjustment moving to the trails and, and running the, the longer distances? In that there's a lot of you know longer distance. There's more variables, the terrain. There's there's all these things that can impact and do impact for, for any runner, the time on the clock and things like that. Was, was that a, a tough transition for you to make mentally, uh, as much as maybe also physically as well? No, I think, um, I think by the time I found trails and, and I will credit, uh, the born to run book. Mm. And I, I was reading it while I was probably hobbled <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with some kind of injury. I think it was uh, at that time, uh, it, IT band injury and I was reading Born to Run and I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize people trail ran and uh, I didn't know what races were around and once I found trails we did a uh, I think it was a maybe a 12k um, outside of Austin and uh, it was really low key and we ran like a half mile in the grass and then came up to this trail and it was there was a rope climb and it was straight up a wow. <laughs> it was straight up a, a cliff and 
I just uh, it was it was quite shocking. And by the time I finished, our, our paces were really slow. But I uh, I think it was just something that at that time that I needed. I I'd probably started to get burnt out on road running because I was so concerned with my pace and um it was just something that I while I love the uh any running community the trail community was a little bit different there was people were drinking beer at the end uh, <laughs> when they brought their own beer you know most of the most of the road races now have a have beer mm-hmm. uh, afterwards but uh it was just uh it was a little bit more laid back you didn't have to get there super early for races to get ready it was just uh you kind of show up and we run and then kind of hang out afterwards and i, I think uh that kind of vibe really uh attracted attracted me to the uh kind of trail running scene mm-hmm. so with, with that with that in mind then do you do you still feel do you still have that competitive fire when you're on the trails or, or have you kind of tempered that a little bit and, and become a bit more of the quote unquote stereotypical trail runner? Like you said, who's just kind of like, let's, let's chill, let's go run. We'll hang out. We'll have a couple beers and, and we'll call it a day. Is, is that kind of more of your, your mindset now? Uh, uh I'd say half and half. I definitely, half half. um, going into every race, I, I definitely have some time goals. Um, you just have to, uh, just have to be a little bit smarter with those time goes looking at the terrain and i definitely uh i definitely do want to do very well in my races um you know depending on uh how big the race is i'll adjust my goals but i i always want to push myself um even even on the trail races it's just the uh maybe it's the the goals are a little bit different they're not you know they're not a they're not pace based. Um, I, you know, on, on my last hundred, I, I had a time go going in. Um, so it's I'm still <laughs> I'm still competitive. Maybe it's just a in a different way, and I think it might be um, the way it is different from road running is the the um, I don't know the the stress in training. I train differently. I don't look at paces. When I go into the races, I definitely have some goals, but maybe during the training part, I'm not as focused on my paces. Maybe I'm focused on the amount of vert that I get or the amount of time on my feet. So it's a it's a it's a different kind of um, focus in training. I think that I think that's the piece that um, is better for me. Um, not focused on specific paces, but you know different metrics. So. Gotcha. I, I want to. I, I am making a note to come back to that because I want to. I want to touch on that uh, maybe and go a little bit more in depth there. Uh, but but I, I before we do, I, I at least want to touch on maybe a couple of other other race race things that that you've done or some some of the events that you've done. I, I know Leadville is on the list, which is which was a um, which is a, a big highlight for a lot of folks. It's a big goal race, uh, and and I think if if memory serves from looking at the website, maybe you've done four or five hundred milers. What, what is what, what does preparing or, or, you know, again, I mean, most of my mindset, it's, or most of my experience is marathons with, with one dabble at the 50 K, uh, so marathons and shorter on the roads for the, for the most part. Um, what is training for a hundred miler like that those of us that haven't come anywhere close to that wouldn't, wouldn't anticipate, ex- expect, you know, as far as 
volume of training miles, longest of the long runs, things like that. What, 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 do, what does that look like for you when you're preparing for a 100-mile race? Um, you know, as far as my training, I, it's changed quite a bit, and it, it might be because the the focus of the races that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. For my first 100-mile uh, in 2012, Rocky Raccoon, it's in Texas. And it's a, um, I guess it's a quote-unquote beginner-friendly 100. <laughs> as if there's a beginner-friendly 100-mile right. race, right. <laughs> but it, it's a flatter race. It's uh, At that time, it was five loops of 20 miles. Um, and going into it, again, I, I didn't know anything. It's, you know, it, it's just like the first half. I didn't know anything um, about how to train for it. But at, at, that, at that time, I, I'd been more involved in the community, and I knew other people that uh, have done hundreds. So I basically just did everything. I had a uh, met a friend, and I did everything that she wanted to do as far as training races or training runs. We we did um, we did a fifty mile training run. We did a lot of mileage. She was a high mileage runner, and uh, again, yeah, fifty mile training run, a couple forty mile training runs. We just did a we did a lot of mileage, and that was a. Uh, you know that was my first um, that was my first exposure to hundred mile training, and uh, we it was a great race. Um, we did very well. I but the last three hundred miles were completely different from the first hundred. Leadville, Run Rabbit Run, Bighorn. These are all mountain races, and uh, my training has has changed. Um, I've uh, I've grown a little bit more as a as a runner and we focus more on vert less on uh less on mileage and i think uh i think going back to your question i think transitioning from uh marathons or even a 50k to 100 mile i i think it's i think a lot of people get intimidated by you know i ran i had to do 40 miles a week to do this marathon i'm gonna have to do four times that it doesn't you know it doesn't obviously it doesn't work that way and as I've grown as a runner and a coach, I I now kind of lean toward um, uh, a little bit more minimal mileage. I, I don't think um, I don't think the big miles are as necessary. Uh, we lean my personal philosophy. I lean a little bit more towards strength as well, mm. and that's personally because I've had um, you know I've had almost every running injury that, <laughs> and I think that's pretty common. So I, I kind of know what it takes to keep me healthy and um, a little bit lesser mileage, a little bit more focus on strength, specifically for, I guess, those that are going to be doing uh, some of the mountain orchards where, you're, you know, you're not going to be running the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, 20% of the time you'll be power hiking up a, up a big climb. So the training has a, has been a little bit different. But even, even for um, some of those that I'm coaching that are doing uh, – that are doing their first 100, um, I we still kind of uh, lean toward less mileage and just go into their race as healthy as possible. I felt like after my first 100, even though it was a good race, I didn't feel I didn't feel like a healthy runner. You know, I had a really nice uh, slow <laughs> kind of shuffle going, but I didn't feel like I had a higher end where I could mm-hmm. run faster or, uh, it, it just didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel right. So, um, I think the training, uh, the training focus has changed a little bit to be kind of more, uh, more fit and a, 
all around uh all around better athletes so gotcha I, I, do you um do, do you get pushback from your your athletes sometimes when you when you try to come at them with the, the you know from the angle of let's not worry about maxing out our miles but like you said let's let's get time on our feet let's not worry too much about the pace let's uh maybe sacrifice a few miles for some some more strength training is that something that uh that, that the athletes you work with are quick to accept or or do they push back because i get i get a mix of both a mix of both i do i do coaching as well and some people are just like you tell me what to do i don't care what it is i'm going to do it and so you know there's no questions if i say less miles slow down whatever they, they do it and then there's some that you know are still and and it's easy to figure out why like the idea if we're going to run faster run farther we should run faster and run more um it's it's it makes perfect sense but uh you know it, it's not necessarily quite that linear of equation do, do you get some of that pushback and that that, that uh, uh you have to kind of explain yourself and maybe re-explain it a few times before uh before everybody kind of buys into that philosophy yeah i uh it's still a it's still a work in process I, I still get pushback uh i think uh the recent athlete um she recently completed um uh bryce 100 and uh going into it she didn't feel like uh you know, I think she, it's, it's easy. You compare to, you you're on Strava, you're on Facebook, you see people crushing huge miles and, um, and I have them doing a little bit less and you just worry. And even if you're, you know, even if you're doing 70 miles a week, you always feel like that's not enough. I can do more, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a constant fight of, um, keeping, keeping people reined in. And kind of focused on long term, uh, the long term health. And I, I think even uh, I've seen, I've read some race reports of, of some of my athletes. And <laughs> going into the race, they felt like they didn't do enough. But at the end, uh, and after a successful race, I think they've kind of mellowed to the program a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, it, uh, even with the new athletes coming in, I think the. I think that those that haven't experienced an injury where they've, mm. you know, had to be in sidelined are uh, are a little slow to embrace some of the strength training and the, uh, you know, all the supplemental mobility. But those that have had to sit out for a little bit or um, things of that nature, I think uh, I think they're quicker to embrace it. Or those that have been with the program a little bit longer. Um, yeah, it's always it's it's always a fight to get people to run, you know, sacrifice. Hey, sacrifice that additional mile and come back and do some mobility and strength. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're I try to I try to be a better example. Post every <laughs> post every one of my ten or fifteen minute mobility exercises on Strava to show that I'm you know I'm doing I'm doing what I want them to do as well. And uh, I think the you know the benefits are obvious. I, I, I think by at this point, uh, a lot of uh, coaches are are prescribing some sort of strength and mobility. So it's just a matter of how much, uh, you know, how much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I I, uh, I agree. It, sometimes it, you, if, it, it helps to take our own medicine, you know, and, and and show that we're taking our own medicine, so that people realize that hey, if it's if it's good enough, if it's good enough for coach, maybe it might be worth me trying to do as well. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, 
the the importance of maybe sacrificing a mile or, or whatever it is to to get some of those exercises in. Could could you share? Would you be willing to share a couple of, of exercises that that for you seem to be the the most important ones? It's, you know, anytime I talk to a, a fellow running coach, one of the things I always try to do is pick their brains a little bit, maybe to help help me learn a little bit more, but also to always obviously try to help the, the audience to maybe go. I haven't been doing much strength training. I've kind of zoned Denny out, and I don't really even listen to him anymore. But here's a new voice telling me to do some some strength training, some exercises. Uh, what, what are a couple of good exercises that maybe somebody could uh, try to incorporate into their their routine to help them keep them healthy and, and moving forward? Yeah, and uh, you know the uh, the strength and mobility workouts that we do. You know, obviously, I, I didn't invent them. I, mm-hmm. I most like uh, most coaches we we pick and pick <laughs> big, what big works. And, steel. Yeah, exactly. right, exactly. <laughs> so the uh, you know the default cooldown is the uh, you're probably f- familiar with the Myrtle, and uh, so basically it's just a. Uh, you know, it's clamshells, leg raises, donkey kicks, fire hydrants, some leg swings, uh, hip circles. So that is the uh, that is the standard cooldown um, for uh, most of my athletes, and uh, it's just uh, it's pretty easy. Well, it takes a while to remember, but um, <laughs> I don't you know I don't focus on the number of reps. I just I just want people to get the movement. So I think that's we we just start with the myrtle and. Uh, and a quickie warm up where you do walking deadlifts, some uh, lunges and leg swings, and I think if that, you know, honestly, that takes the uh, the warm up takes a couple minutes, and then the myrtle, if you are taking your time, probably takes ten minutes. So mm-hmm. total fifteen minutes before and after the run, even uh, for the fast people that that could sacrifice two miles for the for the slower folks, that's one mile sacrificed. Um, so I think uh, just those very simple movements, we have some more, uh, a little bit more detailed uh, strength workouts as well. There are um, just progressions off those same uh, workouts. But um, I think uh, those are the simplest simplest ways to add in a little bit of mobility into your routine. And and even the, uh, the person, uh, Melissa, who helped me train for my first 100, uh, she's doing the Myrtle every day after her runs. And you know, she's got probably close to 10 100s under her belt. And and um, she's, you know, she's brought mobility as a part of her routine pretty late in her running career. I don't want to say, she, I don't want to say it like that. <laughs> yeah, but, you tread, know, tread lightly, my friend. Tread lightly right. here. <laughs> she's, uh, she's added mobility and strength to her routine. Um, and that was something that she had never done, you know. Mm in our first several 100s. So uh, I think uh, I think that's a measure of um, the importance of it. Yeah, certainly. And, and uh, one thing that I just want to kind of point out, and I'm sure that, that you would agree with me, Greg, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to, like, you don't have to be perfect with doing these exercises and these drills as far as every time. Now, obviously, maybe that's, that's the ideal to, to get these mobility exercises and, and, and flexibility and strength training and all that stuff. But, you know, it, 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 like just doing, doing some, doing it half the time is, is a step in the right direction. And then that starts to build just like with your, with your training. If you miss a run, it doesn't derail everything. You just move on to the next thing. So just something to keep in mind too. When people are like, Oh God, like I I would do it, but I just, you know, uh, like a, it's worth sacrificing a mile or two to get the, get the time in and B, if you do miss a day, it's not the end of the world. Like just keep moving forward. Right. And, uh, I think, uh, I think everyone would be surprised, you know, how much 
10, 15 miles if you, I'm sorry, 10, 15 minutes a day, um, just a little light mobility. And that adds up to, you know, hour, hour and a half total of additional training time that you can do um, while you are at home if you have, uh, you know, time constraints with a, with family and you're only able to get one hour in, but um, you get home and your kids are eating or they're at dinner and you're able to do some uh, mobility at home, that's another way to tack on some additional training time. Otherwise, you wouldn't get because, um, you know, you can only run a certain amount a day. But if you're at home, you can add this uh, this mobility, this strength, and uh, it could add up to quite a bit of a additional training time. And I, I think uh, I think that's what a lot of people don't look at is total training time. Right. The mobility, the strength is part of your is part of your training, not just the running. Yeah, and 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 we can I could I could probably keep nerding out on this all day, but we can we can move on in just a second. But just one other thing, you know, um, not not for nothing. But if you if you sacrifice that mile or two, you know, that that ten or fifteen minutes to to do these exercises, like you know, it may not make a, a world of difference tomorrow. But you do that for six months, and you might just be fast enough that now you're running that extra mile or two in the same amount of time while still running it easy, and you still have time to do the exercises. You're you're less likely to get injured. All these things that are going to lead to in improvements and gains with the big picture in mind. So, right. you know, it's it stop, stop putting it off. Stop. Uh, you know, if, if you haven't been doing the exercises of, like you said, there's a million different varieties, whichever ones that, that you want to follow and, and, and believe in, but, uh, make them happen because they, they, they pay off big time. All right. So, like I said, shifting, shifting gears just, a, just a little bit, um, you know, mentioned in the, in the intro that, uh, you're always willing to, to help some folks out. And, and, uh, one thing I noticed on, on social media is that you're, you're fresh off as we're recording this fresh off of, uh, an appearance at, uh, this year's Badwater race where you, right, you helped yeah. crew that. Um, what we'll start, maybe start, start specific at, at Badwater and then maybe we'll zoom out a little bit on the, on the crewing and pacing, uh, topic. If, if that's kind of where the conversation goes, we'll see. But uh, what was what was it like being at Badwater this year and, and pacing? I believe your your runner was was fourth fourth female overall, so right. a really really yeah. good race, solid solid day at the, solid day and a half probably at the office. Uh, what was what was that experience like for you this year? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, Badwater, um, it's a pretty iconic race. It's not my uh, it's not something that I have on my bucket list. It's just done. 135 miles <laughs> on the road by itself just the distance and on the road seems uh, pretty horrible to mm-hmm. me and then you add in the obvious uh the obvious uh heat mm-hmm. and uh, i think this being uh, it, i think this was where a record year for heat um it's just uh again it's not my cup of tea but it's still a um it's still an atmosphere and it's still an event that uh it's kind of it's pretty amazing to experience and to be a part of um uh, yeah i paced uh allison miller she is um from fort worth and uh she ended up we were always around um i think the the fourth or fifth female and we kind of during one of my uh pacing segments we we moved past one of the other ladies into fourth and kind of hung on for the rest of the race so it, it was super um super exhausting but uh you know it's to be able to help anyone at any distance is always fulfilling and uh when you stretch it out into this 33 34 hours it's it's a pretty amazing experience and 
it's something uh, I, if you ever get a chance to pace or some, anybody asks you to pace bad water or even be just involved in the crew and seeing uh, those people fight through everything. Um, yeah, I would, I can't, I can't say <laughs> enough words. It's, it's just, um, it's just amazing. And the, the, even, um, you know, you think you get tired of looking at desert. <laughs> Every mile is different. There's, mm-hmm. It's a lot more climbing than I thought because I got all the somehow I, I got all the climbing sections. So um, and I, I did the last part, um, the climb up to Mount Whitney, mm-hmm. which yeah, obviously it's a mountain. So um, yeah, it's it was a little it was a the um, the course just gives you a little bit of everything. Super hot, some nice long climbs, but uh, if you like being outside, it's just a uh, it's just an amazing place to see. Was this your first time crewing and, and being a part of Badwater? Yeah, this was my first time. Um, so hopefully, I don't know if uh, I don't know if she's she's ready to go back yet. But if she <laughs> does, I'm, or if anybody listening is ready to go back and you need to have someone with some experience, I'm happy to I'm happy to be a part of it again. Again, I would never I would never race it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I say never. I say but, never say you know? never, but never say never. <laughs> At this point in time, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any motivation to race it, but uh, I'd I'd love to be a part of it again. It was just uh, I, it was just an amazing experience um, to be a part of a part of her race. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've I've had the pleasure of of crewing and pacing one time, and it was it was a pretty pretty cool experience it was was something that uh like you said i I wouldn't mind doing that doing that again at some point and maybe if i mention that a little bit more often maybe i'll have somebody hit me up on that uh that suggestion once in a while but um when when you when you do it and i I, you know obviously you just you just did badwater but uh i know you've done crewing and pacing for other races for some of your your athletes that you coach for other friends and and people that that are in the running community um do you find that that is as stressful, less stressful, more stressful than, than running yourself, being that you maybe have a bit of a sense of feeling, at least I know I did, of, of kind of being responsible for this person's race and helping them finish finish strong. Does, does, does that, uh, how, does, how does that change it from when you are, you know, change the experience that, that you have from when, when you're the one that's actually running uh, an event? Right. I, I think it's, uh, I think having that responsibility is more stressful. You are, um, just uh, for example, I packed <laughs> I packed so much food and gear. One for one, it was a it was a different experience. You know, obviously never been to bad water, and you don't know what's gonna go on. So I packed so much more than I had packed for my hundred, which was only you know about a month before. Because uh, for the hundred, you you kind of know what to expect, and you're only at for my race. I'm only responsible for myself, but for but for pacing someone else, you you're also responsible for yourself, but you are ultimately responsible for uh, getting your runner to the finish line. So there's a there is a I think it's harder it's harder to pace and crew. You give up you give up so much of yourself um, for someone else, and that's why uh, giving all that up is why it makes it more you know so uh, so fulfilling. So pacing and crewing is is probably one of the, my favorite parts of uh, um, being coach or a friend to my athletes, I uh, I love um, I love doing it. Even for, you know, even if it's a five k, um, right. but um, it it you have to you give up quite a bit. Now, if, you know, 
for Badwater. I uh, probably ended up having a total of uh, two or three hours of sleep, but it was in 15-minute increments. Uh, maybe I got like a 45 minutes in one shot um, in the back of the van, but it was, you know, we would drive uh, two miles or two or three miles to the next stop, kind of have about 15 minutes to fall asleep and and then wake up and get the get the food and get the hydration ready for for the for her to come through so yeah you give up you give up a lot of yourself but that's uh, you know that that's what makes it a little bit more fulfilling yeah yeah definitely it's it's uh i remember the the one time that i crewed uh, a, a friend that was running the uh a 50 mile race the, the daytona uh i guess it's a daytona 100 miler but they had a 50 mile oh, okay. option of course um so it was close to i'm in central florida so it wasn't it wasn't too far away my in-laws live over on that side of the state so it was it was easy for me to have a place to stay but uh I remember afterwards, you know, just, just all of the, you know, thanks so much. And like, I couldn't have done this w- without you. And, and, um, it made it, it made it a, a lot, you know, easier if you will. And me feeling like, dude, all I did was like, like you said, I mean, I gave up, you know, a day to, to be there, but all I did was I ran, you know, 15 miles or something like that, 17 miles, the last little bit of the race with you and, and met you at various places to make sure you had plenty of fluids and, and, you know, different stuff. Like, I don't feel like I did much, I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and I wonder if, if you've had, well, maybe maybe both sides of that coin because you've you've done. I'm I'm going to assume that you've had crews and pacers at some of the races you've done, and mm-hmm. you you've done that as well. Um, how much credit, for lack of a better way of saying it, do you do you think pacers deserve for the runners' ultimate? You know, finished and and made it to their race and and got their belt buckle or their medal or whatever it is. The the, the racers' success. How much of that goes to the to the crew? You know, I think. Uh... I think the crew and uh, the Pacers play a huge role, um, especially um, for uh, for your first, maybe your first 100s or first ultras. You, it's so much of a so much so much is an unknown, and to have a preferably to have an experienced crew person that uh, that tells you you know that knows what to expect and can relay that relay that on you. Um, that's important, and for for my last 100 at Bighorn, um, this was the first time I was going to go pacerless. Mm-hmm. So, um, because of the distance to the race, my crew was my family, my wife, and my three girls. So that 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 was important. I I knew um, the aid stations were pretty stretched out, and I was only going to see them about three times during the entire race. But knowing they they were going to be there played a really big role in the motivation when. <laughs> when i was wanting that when things were getting rough and you're just wanting to quit um i think knowing that uh, your pacer and crew are going to be there at certain intervals just is is invaluable so i i think they play a huge role it's um it's not uh it's it's not something to be underestimated yeah yeah Definitely, and something that, like, like I said, I'm looking forward to maybe experiencing it again. Uh, and, and who knows? Like, I, I've I've definitely learned to never say never. Right now, you know, 50k is about all all I'm uh, open to the idea of ultra ultra running. And and you know, 50k, you know, if you have a pacer, great, but it's not necessarily a a, a necessary component. But uh, who knows? Longer, long term down the road, maybe I'll be. Uh, <laughs> Dial, calling in a few favors to various folks and seeing if they want right. to pace me for for something uh, a bit longer than that. But uh, but anyway, uh, as as we're getting to that point of of wrapping up here, Greg, um, it, the way I like to to try to end the conversations is with something that I call a, a philosophical question, which kind of is similar 
in in nature to the first question, where it's it's a pretty simple question that the answers sometimes are are short and sweet, pretty pretty simple to to answer for folks, and sometimes it, it requires a bit of unpacking. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to throw out uh, uh, one last question here, and we'll let this go wherever wherever it takes us, and that's where we'll kind of wrap things up for today. But uh, we'd just be curious with with where you are. I mean, you've been been in the sport for a while, and and obviously done kind of worked your way up to to you know all all manner of distances. Um, and I would just be curious at this point in your life, why, why is running still so important to you? What, what does running do for you? Whether it's from your own running, whether it's from pacing and crewing, whether it's from coaching, uh, but just the sport in general, what does running give to you that, that makes you want to keep coming back to it day after day? You know, uh, I think from early on, it has opened me up to a, a huge community of support and most, uh, the greater majority of my friends now are runners, some that I've met, you know, met, I quote, quote unquote, met on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's opened me up to a whole new, uh, whole new world of people that we probably would have never ran across if I hadn't found running. So some of my closest friends and um, if I, you know, if I hadn't discovered running, we wouldn't, you know, I'd never have the opportunity to meet them so and now um running takes us to places that uh we would never get to experience you know we spent the summer in wyoming um i don't i say summer we spent a week <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but we in, in to, wyoming right. that might be summer yeah it, right you know, said, said from the guy in florida whose summer is is never ending it seems like we now use uh some of our goal races to um to see parts of the u.s that we've never been to we went to yellowstone tetons the prior year uh we went to uh steamboat springs before that obviously leadville and uh, a few training camps mm-hmm. in leadville in colorado so now we use um we use races to to see places that we have never gone to so um the family is now on track. Uh, they're just used to where are we going this summer, you know, where we're going to go. So I think next year we're going to Utah, which I've never been to. So it, now it just, uh, I think it's our way to kind of see the world. Hmm. Hopefully the world, maybe UTMB some right, right. <laughs> way down the road, but right now to see, uh, to see the United States. That's Fantastic, and, and certainly something that I think a lot of folks can relate to. It's it's a great excuse to go to go on a, on a vacation. You can run a little race, see a part of the country you've never been to. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. So, uh, guys, once again, if you want to connect with Greg, if you haven't done so already, uh, certainly would encourage it uh, at Ultra Ninja Runner again R U N N R on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, GregSissingrath dot com is the website if you want to find out more information on what he's got going on. Some blog posts, race recaps, all that kind of stuff are is there as well. Uh, and once again, Dizruns dot com slash 608 is the link to uh, take you right to the show notes. So I have all that, that, that uh, contact information and, and uh, the synopsis and all that good stuff will be linked up right there. So uh, Greg, thanks. Thanks once again for uh, taking the time. This was uh, as, as per usual, a lot of fun. It, it kind of flew by it. It was a little quicker than I uh, anticipated, but it was, uh, that's what happens when we have a good conversation. So uh, thanks for making the time today and, and certainly wishing you nothing but the best, uh, you know, going forward and, and hopefully we can stay in touch and, and who knows, maybe uh, do this again at some point down the road. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was, uh, again, it, yeah, it did go pretty fast. So, um, but I, I, I love the opportunity to speak with you and, uh, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the time. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Greg and myself. And as 
always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that uh, we talked about today that resonated a little bit, that that uh, struck a nerve maybe, uh, something that stood out to you for whatever reason, good or bad, uh, always love to hear those those things, what it was that stood out to you the most. For me, um, it was when Greg was talking about how kind of cutting back on some of his uh, training, almost kind of a less is more philosophy. So slowing down the pace a little bit, cutting back on the miles a little bit has, has helped him to become a better runner, a healthier runner, uh, a less injury prone runner, and, and, you know, continue to improve in the sport. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, I've talked about obviously several times, uh, you know, if you've been listening for very long, you've heard me talk about running easy and the benefits of running easy before. And sometimes I think that maybe, maybe I don't need to keep banging that drum quite so much. And then there's always an, an instance, you know, not too far after I, I have those thoughts that makes me realize that there's still folks that need to hear that message. Maybe you've heard it a dozen times, but you're having a hard time uh, believing that that's what you need to do, that you need to slow down, that you need to maybe run a little bit less in order to be faster, in order to improve your endurance, because that, that gives your body the chance to recover, to get stronger, to prevent breakdowns, uh, physically, physical breakdowns, and sometimes mental breakdowns as well. And it's just, it's just vital. You know, I, I saw something on Twitter uh, just in the last week or so uh, that, that basically it was, it was between two different folks, two other folks, but you know, Twitter, you can kind of eavesdrop a little bit on some of the conversations and it basically went, you know, you, you didn't end up not running, you know, the, the race as much. You're not feeling too bad. You, you know, you, you're not the recovery process after the race has gone really, really quickly. So why are you still trying to recover? Why aren't you back out there training and using that base of fitness again? Um, and it was, you know, it was because you, you just be smart. You just cut back a little bit. You know, it's it's not worth trying to push it and get right back into it and possibly injuring yourself. There's a reason that we take downtime. There's a reason that eat slow runs are necessary, vital, um, for not only for your health but again for your improvement. And when Greg was talking about that, it just it just reminded me that uh, maybe that's maybe that needs to be the the soapbox that I need to stay on and not ever get off of it because there's always folks that intuitively it makes sense that run more run faster that's what it's going to take to help you become you know improve your endurance and run faster on race day but that's not quite how it works out you know there's a time and a place to run hard as I've said before speed workouts tempo runs it's a, there's a time and a place for that but the bulk of your training whether you're following a strictly heart rate training plan, whether you're following more of an 80-20 plan, whether you're just following anything that uh, you know science kind of has shown is is the best way of doing it, means that you're going to spend most of your time running at a pretty comfortable pace, um, and even if that means a little bit more walking or uh, having to adapt a little bit to to you know to just it feels awkward at first, but kind of like I talked about in last week's quick tip, sometimes you got to push through that awkwardness to get the benefits and to see things pay off. You got to give that change a chance. So if you need to slow down a little bit, it might feel awkward. Give it a chance, push through. It's going to pay off for you in the end. Greg's found it out. I found it out. Clients I've worked with, athletes I've worked with have found it out. Lots of runners have recognized that slow and, slow and, and, uh, and easy on a pretty regular basis is a, is a pretty good recipe to get faster on race day. So that was my takeaway a little bit long winded, but, uh, you know, me, you put the microphone in front of me and I can't, uh, can't stop yapping sometimes. So that was, that was my takeaway from this episode. What about you? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at Dizruns. Shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 608 and leave your thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways, and whatever else there 
and uh, that way others can see it for all of perpetuity because uh, the, the website's not going anywhere. Uh, sometimes you know a tweet obviously can get lost in the in the shuffle. Uh, an email you know is, is for one person, but you leave those comments and those takeaways and those feedbacks on the website, and they're always there for anyone else to see it when they find the show somewhere in the future. But uh, anyway. That's it for today. Once again, be ready on raceday.com is the website if you want to check out the book, everything you need to know to create your own custom training plan for uh, whatever race you've got coming up. The, the book technically says it's for half marathons and marathons, but uh, you can pretty much use it for any distance. You just have to adjust adjust a little bit. And if you have questions on how to make those adjustments, just let me know and I'll help you out a little bit. But uh, be ready on raceday.com. It's on the Amazon. One click it, Kindle, paperback, whatever whatever floats your boat. Get yourself a copy and, and you know, as I said before, the most important thing is not getting the book and reading it, but actually using it, putting it into practice, using it to create your training plan to help you be ready for your next race. So uh, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Thanks for taking me with you. If you were out on a run today, I hope uh, hope it was a good one. If you were just running errands, doing some work around the house, hope this uh, helped make the, that uh, those chores go a little bit more uh, smoothly, a little bit more quickly for you. Uh, and until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys.